Praise God. Let's just pray before we get started here. Thank you, Lord, for your word. What would we be without your word, O oh Lord? Thank you that your word is a shining light that guides us. Think of those scriptures. Your word is a lamp to our feet, a light to our path. And we pray, Lord, that as we investigate your word, as we discuss, look into your word, that Holy Spirit, you'll help us. We trust you to enlighten our minds, to show us what it is that we need to know, what we need to take away from this time together. We invite you, Holy Spirit. You are the teacher. We recognize that. And we trust by your grace. We'll yield to you and let you have your way in our midst. In the precious and wonderful name that we gather in, the mighty name of Yeshua. Amen. Praise God. All right, well, let me just say this, that um, as always, when I share the word, or I'm going to share the word, I try as best I can to hear what God wants to say, because obviously that's really important. We do study the word as best we can. We don't want to swim on the shallows. We like to get into the depth of the word. But it's not a case of just doing something because we want to get into the depths or to show our spirits we are, etc. We need to hear from God. And as always, I sat on that couch yesterday and I just asked the Lord what it was that he wanted to share with whoever was here today. And he gave me a vision, all right? And that vision was from that the scriptures where it describes the time when the Lord is on the boat with the disciples and they're going through a storm. Happened on a few occasions. Now, I'm going to read scriptures that don't even relate to that, but I just want to show you this vision and then we're going to read other scriptures and we're going to tie it all together. But I just thought of something. Very often when they illustrate these Bible pictures in books, etc., they give such a, how shall I say, a false impression. I see pictures of the Lord commanding the storm and like there's a wisp of smoke there and his hair's a bit blown and, you know, the disciples there and he's standing there and he's commanding the storm and it all looks very glorious, etc. But the vision I had was a storm. Now, when there's a storm, there's water, it's dark and you can't see a thing practically. And I saw a picture of the Lord on the boat and everybody huddled around him. All right. They were terrified. That's more realistic picture, I think, than, you know, the Lord with his hair bit blown and commanding the storm. You know, and it's not a cloud in sight. I mean, ridiculous. But anyway, that's what I saw. And then the Lord gave me the message from that. So let's just turn in our Bibles. You know, I had a few ideas of what I'd like to share on, because during the week God raises issues in my mind. I think, well, maybe that's for Sunday. But I said, Lord, what do you want? And he gave me that little vision, and you'll see what the message is coming out of that, a very simple message. Let's just turn to Matthew 25, 1 to 13, and you might ask, what on earth has that got to do with that vision? But if you just give me a chance, I'm going to tie something up here that's very, very important. The title of this message is Vital Connection. Vital Connection. Right, let's go to Matthew 25, 1 to 13. Right, now this is the parable of the ten virgins. Once again, you might say, well, what has that got to do with a storm? Well, it's got a lot to do with what God wants to share with us, I believe. So let's just read it quickly. Matthew 25, I'm going to read from verse 1 to 13. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be likened to ten virgins who took their lamps and went out to meet the bridegroom. Now five of them were wise and five were foolish. Those who were foolish took their lamps and took no oil with them. But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. But while the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight a cry was heard, Behold, the bridegroom is coming, go out to meet him. 
Then all of those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, Give us some of your oil, for the lamps are going out. But the wise answered, saying, No, lest there should not be enough for us and you, but go rather to those who sell and buy for yourselves. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and those who were ready went in with him to the wedding, and the door was shut. Afterwards the other virgins came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, I do not know you. I do not know you. Watch therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour in which the Son of Man is coming. Let's just go to Luke 13. All right. Luke 13, 24 to 30. I want to read another two scriptures, then I'm going to tie them all up. Luke 13. All right, Luke 13, 24 to 30. Well, I'll take it from verse 23. Then one said to him, Lord, are there few who are saved? And he said to them, Strive to enter through the narrow gate, for many, I say to you, will seek to enter and will not be able. When once the master of the house has risen up and shut the door, and you begin to stand outside and knock at the door, saying, Lord, Lord, open for us. And he will answer and say to you, I do not know you. Where are you from? Then you will begin to say, We ate and drank in your presence, and we taught in our streets. But he will say, I tell you, I do not know you. Where you are from? Depart from me, all you workers of iniquity. All right? And then... There will be weeping and gnashing of teeth when you see Abram and Isaac and Jacob and all the prophets of the kingdom of God and yourselves thrust out. They will come from the east and the west, from the north and the south, and sit down in the kingdom of God. And indeed, there are last who will be first, and there are first who will be last. All right, one more scripture, Matthew 22, 35 to 40. Matthew 22, 35 to 40. Then one of them, a lawyer, asked him a question, testing him and saying, Teacher, which is the greatest commandment in the law? Yeshua said to him, You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and great commandment. And second is like it, you shall love your neighbor as yourself. On these two commandments hang all the laws and the prophets. Now, let me just try and tie these all together. You see, we have this vision of the Lord on the boat and the disciples huddled around him, all right? Their lives are being threatened. It's a storm and there's blackness all over. It's not a pretty sight. It's turmoil. There's a small boat and the water's pouring in. They are scared for their lives. They think this boat is going to sink. And they're holding on to the Lord. And as we all know, the Lord rebukes the storm and everything clears up and they go through. They sail through. You see... In my thinking, the Lord is saying that, and I don't want to prophesy this, I don't want to be a prophet of doom, but it's almost like the Lord is warning that things are not going to get better soon. All right? There are difficult times on the horizon. I'd be, I'd be lying if I were to say that, oh, everything's going to be fine. Everything is going to be fine, but there are storms to go through. And you see, I believe what the Lord was just imparting to me to impart to us here is that yes the storms are coming and it's not that we must be afraid all right however it's not a case of oh there's going to be a storm and we ignore it we take necessary action does that make sense i mean in the book of proverbs it says twice 
The wise man sees trouble coming and he takes precautionary measures. The fool doesn't do anything and he gets punished. That's what it says. Twice. I mean, if God says something twice, what does that mean? It's important, am I right? You know, he doesn't repeat himself for no reason at all. But you see, the Lord was saying, look, it's not going to get better. There are going to be a lot of turmoil in the future. However, you need to prepare for it. And right there, the question is, well, how? You see? And there are two things the Lord was saying to me from that vision, which are critically, critically important for you and I to understand. All right? And those two things are these. Number one, we must hold on to him. All right? All those disciples were holding on to the Lord. You get it? That's the key. We must hold on to him. I'm going to talk a bit more about that later. But at the same time, they're all holding on to one another. Can you see that picture? That's really the heart of this message. They're holding on to the Lord, yes, but they're also holding on to one another. Remember, what did the Bible say? What's the greatest commandment? Love the Lord, yes, but just like it, love one another. Can you see that? Now there's a theme here. There's a thinking here that we need to grasp. And you see, the Lord is going to go through the storm. Nothing will stop him. Amen. So you see, it makes sense to be connected to him. Alright? But at the same time, being connected to him also means being connected to one another. And if you just look at a storm, if they're all holding on to the Lord and to one another, it's very difficult for the water to wash one off. Can you see that? You see, the devil would love to wash people away. That's his plan. That's his strategy. To wash people away. To sideline you and I. To sideline you and I. Once you and I are sidelined, he's got us. If you're on your own, you're done for. No matter how strong you think you are, if you're on your own, you're done for, you see. But now there's the other dimension to this whole thing. I read that scripture on the parable of the virgin. The heart of that whole message is what? You see, the wise virgins realized that, yes, there was going to be this wonderful day when the Lord came, but it might be delayed. Amen? The going might not be so easy beforehand. And what did they do? They took the necessary precautions. Can you see that? They took the precautions before the event. That's so important to grasp. You understand? You can't wait for the event and then take the precautions. You understand? Have you seen that? People, when trouble comes in, then they're rushing around and they're like chickens with their heads cut off. If you're waiting to get cancer before you find out about the Lord, guess what? It's going to be a lot harder in that circumstance. Am I right? The point is this, you see. Those wise virgins saw ahead. They were wise. They realized what is likely to eventualize, what's going to happen. And they took necessary precautions. They realized, listen, We've got certain amount of oil, but we might very well need more. You get it? And what did they do? They bought in advance. They paid the price in advance. The others didn't pay any price. They said, oh, well, we'll be fine. You know, I've heard that expression. I know a lot of guys, before they get married, they say this, I'll be okay on the day. I'll be okay on the day. You see, it'll all pan out when we get there. So I'll just live my life as I want now, and I'll be okay on the day. Well, you won't be okay on the day. For your information, you need to prepare for these things. Amen? Too many people, I think, get married and they don't think about it beforehand. They just go for it and then the problems come. Rather, sort the problems out beforehand. Amen? But that's another story. 
But you see, what is the heart of this? They took the necessary precautions and they paid a price for those precautions. But in the event, it paid off. Amen? It paid off. Can you see that? It paid off. Now you see, when we talk about developing our relationship with the Lord, you can't wait, as I said, for the calamity to come. Now try and scrabble around and get to know the Lord. You won't. It's too late. You have to hope that there's somebody nearby you that can be the helping hand. Amen? And very often we found ourselves in that position, tried to help people who weren't prepared. It was very difficult. But you see, what do we have to do? Pay the price on a regular basis for that divine relationship with Almighty God. Amen? Isn't it amazing when the Lord turned around to people who said, listen, you were in our streets. We listened to you teach. We sat down. We ate with you. I didn't know you. I didn't know you. Now, how does that translate to you and I here? Can I just say this? Christians, it's so easy to go through the motions of Christianity on the outside. Is it not? To read your Bible, our Bibles, to go to church or to do whatever we have to do to give the appearance that we are jolly good Christians. Amen. And yet, you know what? It's quite possible to go through all of that and deep in your heart, not have that personal relationship with him. Amen? It's so easy for that relationship to get lost. Especially in the ministry, let me tell you that. You think to yourself, oh, because I'm now serving God. You see? And many great men of God have, and women of God had made this mistake. They pushed into God maybe and the anointing came on them and they had a ministry going for them. And they got in so involved with the work of the Lord that they forgot the Lord of the work. Do you understand? It can happen so quickly. You see, now, what is he saying? If the storm is coming, what have we got to do? Have that personal relationship with him. I think of, you know, we've had two occasions now. Men of God, their sons have died. Tragically. Imagine, you're in the ministry and your son dies. God forbid. Let me tell you something. If you don't have that close relationship with God, you won't come through a thing like that with your faith intact. Amen? You won't. You'll start to query God and you'll probably lose. You understand what I'm saying? You see, if you and I don't develop that rock-solid relationship on a daily basis, if we don't pay the price for the oil, so to speak, when we really need him, you'll be lost. I hope this is coming across. It's such a simple message. But you see, it means that you know I've got to spend time praying. We've got to spend time with him. We've got to delight ourselves in him. We have to. You cannot rely on somebody else's faith to carry you. Did you know that? You can't. You can't. Janet was sharing the scripture. I don't want to steal her thunder, but there's this prophet that God sends on a great mission. And he successfully achieves the mission. He's on his way home. He got instruction to go straight home. Another prophet is sent by God, can you believe it, to dissuade him. And because he was dissuaded, he was destroyed. What is the message? He listened to somebody else. Let me tell you, in a crisis situation, thank God for godly advice if you need it. But you and I will have to hear from God for ourselves. Let me tell you, when difficulties come your way, 
If you have a, a relationship with God, you can sit down and talk to him about it. You understand? And it's not like you're a stranger knocking at the door. Are you hearing me? We're not like strangers knocking at the door. We're old friends. And God can be there for us and comfort us. The God that we already know. Amen? And it's amazing. You look back and you think, well, you know, the Lord carried me through that. And now I understand why I had to go through it. You all understand what I'm saying. Even if it was our mistake or somebody else's mistake, you go through situations, but we can go through if we have a relationship with him, an ongoing relationship which we pay the price for every day. What's the habit of some? Just to get lazy about it. Amen? And it's funny, you know, if you don't spend time in prayer today, it's harder tomorrow. It's harder tomorrow to break through. I don't know if you've had that experience. If you leave it for a week, it's almost like you have to get saved again. Well, that's for me. Do you understand? What is God saying? Keep that relationship fresh. Your personal relationship fresh with God. Don't rely on anybody else. Keep your personal, get your relationship. Keep holding on to Him. When the storm comes, guess what? It's a breeze. It's a breeze. You're with the Lord and it'll just blow over. Hallelujah. Amen. In fact, it'll just drive you closer to him. Can you see the message? However, that's only half of it. The other half is what? We need one another. And this seems to be the great message that has been lost on the church. You see, love the Lord your God, but the other commandment as it, just like it, is to love one another. Remember, you and I are representatives of God on the earth. We are the part of God that we can actually hold. Does that make sense? One another, we are the part of God that we can actually touch and speak to and relate with. Now let me just say this. To go through the storm, you and I will also have to have a relationship with others. Can I just say that again, unequivocally? To go through the storm, you and I will also have to have relationship with one another. All right? Let me put it this way, have paid the price for relationship with one another. Now let me just explain it the way the Lord said it to me. Do you know sometimes when you're going through a storm, and maybe some of us have had this experience, you feel like God isn't there. Amen. In a time like that, what do you and I need? Somebody who is there, that we can rely on. Amen. To carry us through. You see, when you and I have encountered a tragedy, whatever, and in a sense, our, our sense of God's presence has been robbed from us. How wonderful it is to have somebody who we know loves God to come and just put their arm around us and say, look, we'll go through together. Amen? Can you see that? Not that God isn't there. You understand? But sometimes maybe we just feel that he isn't there. And then it's wonderful to have somebody who represents him that is there, that we can hold on to. Amen? I've been in that situation where the parent has just lost a child. I mean, how terrible. And there's nothing you can actually say. There's nothing to say. There's nothing to be said. Words are superfluous. But what does God require sometimes? Just put your arm around the Father. Do you know that? Just put your arm around the Father. And he can know that even though he doesn't know God is there, God is there. Somebody is there. Does that make sense? You see, and on that boat when the storm comes and maybe... Our grip on the Lord is a bit, we can hold on to somebody else, you see. But once again, can I just say something? You see, like the wise virgins, for that relation to be there, to be in place when we need it, we have to have paid a price. Amen? You've had to pay a price. 
for that in advance. If we don't pay the price in advance, it won't be there when we need it. How do we pay the price? Well, you know what we do? We live through stuff with people. Amen? It's so easy in this day and age to say, well, I won't have anything to do with you because it's just too much effort. I've heard so many people say, I don't want to go to church because whatever. I've been offended or blah, blah, blah. What is the truth? They're not prepared to pay the price to work through. Amen? Not prepared to pay the price to work through. And I discovered that that's a pattern in the Bible. Do you know what the devil really wants to do? Shatter the fellowship all the time. All the time. That's He works on that all the time. Why? He knows if the fellowship is broken of believers, he's got people on their own and they are a breeze. What happened to the disciples? The Lord told them, they will strike the shepherd and the sheep will scatter. And everyone said, no, not us, not us, not us. Peter in particular, he said, though it happened to everyone, it won't happen to me. Big words, isn't it? But what happened? When they came and took him in the garden, everybody fled. The Bible's clear about it. Every single one of them to a man fled. Peter was maybe the bravest he followed at a distance. But, I mean, even he denied God. Denied the Lord, who just maybe six hours earlier said, I will never forsake you. What was that? The devil trying to break the fellowship. And it's not just that instance. You look at other men of God. Look at Paul the Apostle. On occasions, you know what he said? Everybody has forsaken me. Everybody. On occasion he said, I can send you Timothy. He's the only one that has the heart of God. Only one that will care for your needs. Won't be selfish. How's that? The great apostle of all times went through stages where all the people that he was working with <coughs> vanished. What's that? It's a pattern, isn't it? A pattern. The devil wants to shatter the fellowship all the time. He's working on it all the time to separate the sheep. To separate the sheep. Why? Well, they can come with catastrophe and they're gone. And I can tell you so many stories so many stories of people that we know that that's exactly what has happened. Separated for one reason or another and set up for destruction. Set up for destruction and the children come and ask, what happened to them? And you can't really tell them because the truth is a bit hard for them to take. It need not have happened. It was unnecessary. This is a lesson, you see. We need to develop this relationship one with another. Is it easy? Dear God, no. Probably the hardest thing in the church to work through stuff, but it's worth it. Why? Because when that calamity comes, guess what? You've got people that you can trust that you know will not turn their back on you. That can save your whole salvation. Do you know that? Can save your ministry. Can save everything you want to do. We need one another. For a long time I traveled as a traveling ministry, it's a lovely thing to do, traveling ministry, because you create a big stir in the church and you leave the pastor to sort out all the problems. You go to the next place, you create a big stir, and then, you know, you leave the pastor to sort out all the problems and just merrily go around doing this stuff. And God said, you're wasting your time, wasting your time, Graham. You have to settle down and do the difficult stuff, which is what? Living before people, watching them grow, going through the hard stuff. Paying the price. Paying for the oil. Why? Because the day is going to come. I'm speaking it now prophetically. Where you and I are going to need one another more than you realize. It's really happened, actually. You're going to need one another so badly that 
If we haven't got that relationship, and the pressure then will be greater to deny one another. Did you know that? The Bible speaks about it. The Lord said there will come a time when the, the fathers and the sons will set each other up. They'll turn each other in to be killed. Can you believe it? Families will be divided. That's exactly what I'm talking about. The devil trying to separate people. But you see, if we've developed relationships by going through the small little offenses and working through them and knowing one another and trusting one another and living for one another, guess what? It's all in place when the storm comes. We're holding on to him. We're holding on to one another. Amen. You see, the truth of the matter is, why do we have to hold on to the Lord? Because sometimes we can't just live. That's the big danger. A lot of people just live with others, but not the Lord, you see. The other danger is living just with the Lord and not with others. We need both. Can you see that? Like I said, sometimes we feel the Lord's not there. We feel the Lord's not there. Sometimes people turn on us. Amen. That's when we need to be solid in the Lord. Do you get it? We work through things because we're solid in the Lord. I won't let anybody offending me stop me from loving God. Do you understand? In fact, loving God will eventually help me to go through it. But you see, I'm not going to deny people and chase them away or whatever. We work together. We keep working. We keep our relationships developing. These things take time. They take effort. Christians don't want that. They, don't, they want the easy way. Just instant Christianity. And now with COVID, fat excuse to not associate with anybody I get my information from the internet. Hallelujah. Our church streams, live stream. Let me tell you unequivocally, that's a fallacy. It's doomed to failure. Amen. I'm not saying we mustn't do that. We do it ourselves. But let me just say that. It's not a substitute for the real thing. Amen. What is the real thing? Us meeting together here. All right? Sharing our problems. Do you share your problems on the internet? With a Zoom conference? Hallelujah. Here, world, you can share your problems, but is anybody going to sit there and pray with you and actually hear what you are saying? Let me tell you something. This communication is more than just hearing information. It's being with one another. Because sometimes a lot of what people say, they don't actually say. Does that make sense? You just pick it up. You pick it up. And you can't pick it up if the people are not there. Amen? You can't. They're not there, you can't. If we're not rubbing shoulders, we have to grasp this. This is critically important if we want to survive. If we want to survive, you see, the church wants to grow and, and go through. Go through. You see, that's what God's heart is that we go through. So I just want to leave these thoughts with you. You and I, in this whole process, we can't allow habit to become a substitute for our Christianity. What do I mean by that? Habitually, not associating with the saints, habitually not really praying, habitually not actually getting to grips with God. Let me tell you that if that has become the habit, you're cruising for a bruising, as we used to say at school. You are cruising for destruction. And my job is to warn us not to do it. Pay the price for relationships. Is it messy? Yes. Church is messy business. I'm here to say it. It's messy business, but it's worth it. It's worth it. Children are messy, am I right? A baby is messy business. Nobody seems to understand what I'm talking about, and I'm not even a mother. It's messy business. I remember on the plane, this one woman said she had her child, a baby there, and the baby did a mess. Do you think she could get one of the air hostesses to actually clean the child? <laughs> Under no circumstances, ma'am, you sit with that child until we land. I'm not going to dirty my hands with your baby. It's messy business. 
but is it worth it? Do you think that Sharon just said, you know, Bronwyn's such messy business, we're not going to bother. We'll put it in the dump, just get rid of it. We're tired of this. (laughs) No, it's worth it. Amen? It's worth it. I remember, I'll never forget Ian on the farm there, the small holding, and there were sheep there. And you see, we learn about gentle Jesus, meek and mild, born in the manger, and we see these beautiful pictures of all these clean sheep, you see, spotless, white around him, woolly white. You see these sheep and the cows, all very nice and beautiful. Let me tell you, you go to the farm there where the sheep are living. My God, are they messy creatures. Amen? They just do their business wheresoever, whatsoever, howsoever. They just do it. They don't care. Reminds me of the church. Hallelujah. A lot of the the flock of God just do their business however, wherever. They don't even think what it's going to cost anybody else. They don't bother. And sometimes you think to yourself, well, I'm not going to put up with this because I can't stand it anymore. But you know what God says? Stick up. Go through. Work with it. Get your hands dirty. So what? That's the church. That's the kingdom of heaven. That's God on the earth. I mean, that's God on the earth. Oh, can't be God. Can't be God. Oh, no, no, God wouldn't do that. God doesn't do it. Men do it. But we're part of this whole system, which is messy business. But it's worth it. It's worth it. You see why? When the day comes, God says, I know you. I know you're one of mine. I mean, you're one of us. You get it? Isn't that a wonderful testimony when you face him and he says, you don't have to expect God to say, oh, who are you? Tell me about your life. No, the way it should work, let me tell you, when you and I come face to face with him, and we will, we will come face to face with him, it's inevitable. It's something, this a fate who's a kui and a cough. Thank you, Rolf, for teaching me this expression. I got it right. For those who don't know the heavenly language, it's a fact like a cow and a cough. A cow will have a cough, you see. In fact, it just follows. You and I will face God. That's it. You don't have a choice. In whatever condition you and I are at, we will face God. And some people, when they face God, they'll say, Oh my God, I didn't know you were there. And they go to the floor and they're, they're done for. They're done for. But that's the unbelievers. What about the believers? Wouldn't it be tragic as a believer? You come before him. Hello, Lord. It's me. It's me. It's me. It's me, Graham. Me, Graham. Hello, Graham. Me. And the Lord looks and says, You? Who on earth are you? Now, of course, he knows exactly who you are. You understand? not a case of information. It's a case of relationship. But let me tell you the beautiful side. You come and say, yes, hi, don't even tell me your name. I know you're, hello, hello, hello. Good to see you. We've had a wonderful walk together on earth. All right, great, great. I know you're doing well because you've been talking about it every single day of your life. Amen? He knows all about us and we know that he knows because why? We've talked to him about it. We've developed that relationship. And he can say, come meet the rest of us. Us, the gang. Isn't that a wonderful thought? We're on the inside, you understand? We're part of the team, part of the gang that worked for God on the earth. The gang. <laughs> really? Not the gangster, the gang. And he can say, you know what? He can say, right, now that we all gathered together at the end of this whole escapade of earth, the earth story, let me hand out gifts. Let me hand out crowns. Let me hand out crowns. And he just says, oh, Bronwyn, you led the prayer. I'm so grateful that you led the prayer for the school. When they were playing hockey, you initiated prayer. He has a, a crown. You think that goes unnoticed? No, it doesn't. You see? But only for those who are working with him because we know him and we know one another, we're working as a team. You see, and if we can get that right, whatever storm comes our way, you know what we can do? Laugh. (laughs) I'm securing God. I'm securing the fellowship. 
we say, thank you, Lord. Not a holy huddle, one that's reaching out, you understand. But we can reach out, why? Because we secure ourselves. Amen? But can you see? That's what God was saying to me, and I believe it's for us now. It's preparation. Pay the price now. Pay the price now. Don't say, oh, well, you know, when it comes to 2022, 2021 is terrible. And when it comes to 2022, on the 1st of January, 2022, I'll start my prayer life then. <laughs> I'll start my prayer. Then God and I are going to be as one, but not now. You understand? That won't work because what will happen 2022? They say, well, 2023, that's when it's going to happen. That's when it's going to happen, when I'm finished with my studies. Then I've got time for God. Let me tell you, if you haven't got time for God when you're studying, you won't have time for him when you're not studying, okay? Because he, he comes first in every situation, hockey season or not. Hallelujah. Praise be to God. Amen. 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 I've said enough. Let's pray. Lord, thank you for your word. Help us to take this to heart and put it into practice, Lord. I speak this over our fellowship. We will be people who individually have that relationship with you. We will not be ashamed on that day. And you'll have to say to us, who on earth are you? No, you'll know us so well that we'll just continue the relationship we had on this earth with you in heaven. That's exactly what you planned. Nothing changes. Heaven starts here. In the same time, we'll have our brothers and sisters in our hearts work through the issues, develop those strong bonds of love which can't be broken. The devil may try, but it will not work. Relationships, husbands and wives, brothers, sisters, children of God, church family members, all in their place, oh Lord, in their right place, growing stronger by the day, strong bonds of love, godly love, covenant love, covenant love. So when that storm hits, we'll just breeze through because we are connected. We have this dynamic connection, this vital connection with the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords and the rest of his body in his wonderful name. Amen. Praise be to God.